Welcome to Talk is Jericho, the pod of thunder and rock and roll. Today, it's the return of the classic album Clash. Now, listen, we've done some, some great ones over the years. Metallica and Ozzy and Van Halen and Striper and Nirvana. This might be one that you're a little bit less familiar with. I'm talking, of course, about Baron Cross. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about this band. They were kind of uh, emerged in about 86 when the Christian metal craze was uh, just getting going, basically in its peak in about 88. And Baron Cross was right there with Striper as being the biggest uh, Christian metal band uh, in the world. They were also on Enigma Records, fronted by Mike Lee, who had half blonde hair and half uh, black hair. Very much uh, where Striper was more Van Halen and kind of a little bit poppier, glossier sound. Uh, Baron Cross was much more uh, Iron Maiden and Judas Priest influenced. They're great playing, a little bit proggy at times. They're actually a great band if you've never heard them. Go check out the Atomic Arena record and the State of Control record. Uh, which are the two that we're doing right now uh, today. And even though you might not have heard of this band, it's pretty fun. And I think that uh, Howard Jones from Light the Torch and uh, former uh, Killswitch Engaged is here along with Richard Christie, the drummer and comedian. You know where he's from. And uh, we are the Heaven's Metal uh, Christian text group that we got talking about Atomic Arena and State of Control. Uh, it's very, very funny. It's pretty hilarious. Uh, the good news is both of these albums were uh, remastered by Rob Colwell of Bombworks Sound, uh, and they've both been released. Uh, newly remastered, limited edition versions of Atomic Arena, State of Control, and actually the live album, Hotter Than Hell, that contains tracks from both of these. They come with new booklets featuring a ton of rare and never-before-seen uh, photos of the band, uh, and the new Arena and Control booklets also have lyrics included. The packaging is very cool, and you can get the re remastered albums and CDs wherever you get uh, music, so... Uh, here it is, the classic album Clash by one of the best bands you've probably never heard of. 1988, it's Atomic Arena. 1989, State of Control. We're all talking, Howard, Richard, and I, talking about how we discovered Baron Cross, seeing them live, which songs are the favorites from the albums, the uh, album covers, and, of course, the world-famous song-by-song battle to see which is the best one on either album. We're going to make our vote of which we like best. So here we go. It's the classic album Clash. Baron Cross, Atomic Arena, and State of Control here on Talk is Jericho, starting now. What did you say, Richard? So I said, so Comic-Con's going on in New York, right. and I took the train from where I live in Jersey now into Penn Station, and the first thing I saw when I got off the train, it was the greatest thing ever. I saw a guy dressed like Barf from Spaceballs getting arrested. <laughs> and he had, a, uh, he had a box of like dog biscuits in his hand. And he had to like set them down for the handcuffs and stuff. It was so great. That reminds me when I was, uh, I was eating at this shitty little breakfast place on Hollywood Boulevard. You know, the, all the people that are dressed up as like, you know, different characters and stuff that you take pictures with and they charge you money. Mm -hmm. I saw Marilyn Monroe and Elvis at a table bitching about how much of an asshole Rambo was. <laughs> Damn, Rambo, the guy won't leave his street corner. He's such a jerk. He won't even leave. But yeah, we're excited to be. It's uh, Howard and Richard and, and Chris here. It's the uh, Heaven's Medal. I don't know what... <laughs> What's our new one? Yeah, no, the new one is a striper auction. <laughs> this kid, Richard, what was your dream with the striper dream that we had? Oh my god! Yeah, we were talking about. I texted you guys, and you thought I was a freak right away. <laughs> <laughs> I had this crazy dream about um, striper, and they held an auction at Coney Island, and they were auctioning <laughs> off all this rare stuff. I think I bought Robert Sweet's boots or something. And, <laughs> but I was backstage hanging with Striper and John Bon Jovi was there 
and John Bon Jovi had bid he had bid on and won a Stephen Piercy head fireworks shooter thing, fireworks cannon. And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. You know, you've got the Stephen Piercy. It was a fireworks cannon in the shape of Stephen Piercy's head. And then John Bon Jovi was like, oh, I kind of feel bad for Stephen Piercy that he has to sell fireworks cannons now. And it was the what? most odd dream ever. What in the world? And it ended in an <laughs> orgasm. So, no, I'm just kidding. It was not a nocturnal. You woke up sticky. Yeah. But that's the funny thing, though, is that we started this kind of a uh, uh, text group uh, just to remind people, a Christian metal text group, and all three of us were Christian metal fans and kind of found each other, have a lot in common, but become like probably my daily routine is talking to you guys, aka texting at least five, six, seven times. And when we get rolling, oh. it's 30, 40, 50 I, times. I text oh, yeah. you guys more than my wife. Yeah. I know. You yeah, this is my number one texter. Yeah, this is literally, how long has this been going? Three, oh my four gosh. years now? Three, four years. Probably yeah, four and years, it, yeah. You guys are still literally the people I text the most. Yeah. I do not understand this. <laughs> and what's weird is how much I love wrestling and we never talk about these no, things. No, we don't. And Richard loves both too. And I love the same. All we talk about is ridiculous Christian metal stuff. Michael Drive. Baron Michael Drive. Well, that, that's there what we're doing today. We go. <laughs> like, we're, we're just as a, we, we, this is going to be probably the, the least rated talk as Jericho ever, but I don't care. It's my show. Yep. And uh, we're going to do a classic album clash. We did a very successful one. Uh, was was last year, but it aired a few months ago of Striper. It was To Hell with the Devil versus Soldiers. And today it's going to be Baron Cross, uh, Atomic Arena versus State of Control. You might have never heard of these bands. Hopefully you'll listen because you enjoy our witty banter. <laughs> and if not, we're, we're going to enjoy it anyway. We'll, I don't care. we'll listen back to Three it. of us will listen and have a great time. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's what it's all about. But we, we were just saying, like, that was the we started the group and we went and saw Striper a few years ago, the Absolutely. three of us. Absolutely. Yep. And, and uh, not to get too personal, but we've, had a, uh, we've talked before on Talk is Jericho as well, but Howard was saying that really helped him get out of his shell that he was in was Absolutely. hanging out with the three of us. Mm. Yeah, it, it really kind of... Uh, it, there's like a couple people that I can kind of pinpoint that kind of help me get out of my tailspin and funk. And it's just like Jamie Joss is definitely one of the guys. But mm. this group, you saw it. I was pretty reserved. You know, I remember I was, the first time we met in yeah. for the Striper show. Yeah, it's uh, life has changed a lot yeah, <laughs> in, well, in awesome, a short period of time. But it's, yeah, it was just like, oh. oh, my God, I could actually be a human again. But wow, know, this is weird. Okay, but cool. you know, You know what I love about that? And this is kind of... The crux, and if you go back to the the mid '80s when Christian metal was, it was huge. It was yeah. a huge thing. It was, I'm sure, very uh, successful, profitable. But more importantly for us as kids, it was you know the the love of God put these bands out, and we always enjoyed the bands. But I enjoyed the message and the fact that a we became better friends. We were always friends. We became like really good friends because yeah. of the mm -hmm. music and the fact that it helped you, for example. That to me is what Christian metal was always about: was fellowship and helping people. Absolutely, and it's amazing to see even in this day that it really worked. Yeah, it, it really did. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and just in the most simplest way, it just yeah. Striper yeah. kind of uh, Striper and you guys kind of helped pull me out of some of my really really low times, and that, that's so cool. that's an amazing, that's amazing thing to think that's about. So and, cool. and the fact that we're still doing this, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we got to keep doing it. Oh yeah, as all professionals, where Michael Sweet is sending us his new. <laughs> Song. So, what do you think of this, guys? You oh know? my God, that freaks me out so oh, much. Oh, I'm like, I like get chills. I'm I fanboy out when I get a text from, <laughs> from Michael Sweet. I'm like, God, if I was 12 years old and knew that one day I'd get 
you know, a text message from Michael Sweet asking what I think of his new, you know, song from his solo album, I would have been like, that's never really going to happen. It's a weird text group that Michael's amassed. It's you and me, I think. Eddie Trunk. Eddie Trunk. I think Larry the Cable guy's in there. (laughs) (laughs) Is that who that other number is? I was like, who's that other couple? (laughs) I'll have to check. It's probably like a Nebraska number It's so random. How did this even happen? And the funniest thing is, got to give a shout out to my friend Jeremy. Uh, he's my fr- one of my best friends from back in Ohio. Uh, I've known him since I was 15, and he was 14. And he's the guy who pretty much turned me on to heavy music, like right. really heavy music. And young young Jeremy and Howard right now, kind of freaking out. That we're, <laughs> <laughs> that we get to talk about Striper, get to get to meet these guys and everything, get to share a gold album of their. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, yeah. Come on, uh, yeah. this is. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go into So back, we're talking about the Christian metal time frame. Uh, Striper was the first. I think we all talked about discovering them kind of in 1985 or so. Yep. Soldiers Under Command was, was I think, all of our indoctrination. Yep. Maybe it was To Hell, but... To Hell was mine, Okay, yeah. so 85, 86. And that's when, when Striper got hot, then suddenly there was this huge explosion of Christian metal bands. Yes, there was. And... It was weird because they all infiltrated. Like, I remember Baron Cross. Their first record was called uh, "Rock for the King." Yes, and it was on Star Song Records <laughs> in Canada. Yep. And when Striper came out, I was looking for more Christian heavy metal, and Baron Cross is one of the first ones I found after Striper. Now every Christian metal band kind of sounded like another one, mm-hmm. uh, like a real band. And Baron Cross was was like Iron an Maiden. Iron Maiden, yeah, absolutely right. Because Mike Lee, yeah. the vocalist, sounded. Like a dead ringer for Bruce. Oh, totally. It, it was uncanny. The first time yeah. you heard, like, holy crap, how is he doing this? And he's not trying. He just no. That's just his vocal style. Yeah. 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 It's it like really the is. cat from White Cross sounded like Stephen Pierce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, that, was, that was one of the first bands I discovered after Stripe. White Cross. White Shout Cross. out to Scott Wenzel. He <laughs> 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 always looked confused in his photos. Like deer in a headlight. Like, smile, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe another guy was pinching his butt or something. <laughs> he had a really high voice, too. He did. Even he did. when he was talking. I, I still remember Jeremy and I seeing it. All these bands we see, got to great, see. Because you grew up in Columbus, right? Yeah. So that Cornerstone was the big festival. Oh well, yeah. Cornerstone was in Illinois, but there was a there was this place called the King's Place where all those bands used to. Wow, come you've seen every you've band. Seen we them talk all. About. Yeah. yeah, seen them you're, all. You're the master Jedi. I've seen these bands. <laughs> I know. I've only ever seen Striper, and that's, <laughs> that's it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, I was just there watching. But Jeremy and I, we we saw them at, I believe it was a water park in Columbus. Uh, Baron Cross, yeah, Baron Cross, and even saw Shout there too. Wow! But um, but yeah, we we went up to went up to Scott's like, hey man, you gonna play Shakedown? Sorry, buddy. (laughs) 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 Oh, thanks, man. We walked away. He's like, wow, he's got a high voice. (laughs) (laughs) Look at you, so obscure. Baron Cross or a White Cross tracks, you know? (laughs) (laughs) know. You play (laughs) Shakedown. I haven't thought about that in so long. You play Heaven's Calling tonight, Scott. Sorry, buddy. (laughs) White Cross deep cuts. (laughs) Exactly. So, but but Baron Cross, like I said, was one of the first ones that I remember, and it was uh, Rock for the King. And the funny thing was, if you remember this record, they were all dressed in blue and white. 
Didn't they have a sword? Yes, or they were. A sword. Yeah, the yeah. whole album cover was blue and blue white. Because Striper, of course, was yellow and black. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, obviously, it had to be intentional. Like yeah. now, okay, yeah. Now we're even going down to that. Okay, you guys will be blue and <laughs> yeah, white. and they they had some pretty uh, they had some pretty sweet garb on too. They did. Oh no, we need to find that picture, man. The picture. Yeah, well, I so haven't seen walk, that in forever. So this is this is not one of the albums we're discussing. But this is kind of the early Baron Cross, and they were literally. I think in their like 21 or 22, just kids, but somehow they got a record deal. And when you uh, took the lyric sheet out, there was a message from Pastor Bob Beeman. <laughs> Another Bob. guy we discuss frequently we uh, in our text message and group. Pastor Bob was kind of like the heavy metal uh, uh, reverend. There you go. We're looking at the rock for the king. Okay, we're looking at the cover. Just, yeah. All blue and white, and then the, the the singer, the guy in the middle with his arm in the air, you didn't know it was a singer, but he had a, a hair that was half blonde, <laughs> Yep. Yeah. half black. Like Old a, Seth Rollins like style. Like a skunk. <laughs> He's like yeah. a skunk. And I always thought that the guitar player in the end, Ray Paris, he looks like Poindexter from Revenge of the Nerds. Literally. <laughs> t- 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 Timothy Busfield. That's probably why that picture is very blurry on their album cover, so you don't see how he looks like Poindexter. I'm not really trying to bring up wrestling or anything, but it just looks like Glacier is fighting himself a whole lot in this. (laughs) If you guys want to see this, we'll post it on Instagram, but go to Rock for the King, Baron Cross. So the Pastor Bob had his message, yep. uh, and I remember all my friends in high school just used to mercilessly ball bust me about that. Like, oh, yeah. Like, they could barely stand Striper with the lyrics, and then I brought Baron Cross around, who had a little bit heavier tone, Yeah. but then the message from Pastor Bob, and I remember <laughs> my friends used to draw uh, pictures of Pastor Bob, and I was like, leave Pastor Bob out of this. <laughs> it's like, who puts a f***ing message from their pastor <laughs> on the record, right? <laughs> this is on a national act yes <laughs> like, and they're trying to make it and so so that record came out but then about a year later i remember going into the record store uh, first of all so that was my first uh, first uh, experience with with, with baron cross and once again talking kind of what you were talking about howard that record came out the first one rock for the king right when my parents got like separated mm-hmm. so whenever i think of baron cross it was kind of helping me through this really shitty time in my life uh, yeah. that was the first time i saw them was on that record. When's the first time you saw Baron Cross? Or uh, became aware of them. Uh, Atomic Arena at Walmart in Fort Scott, Kansas. <laughs> this I just, is your place. Uh, yeah, it was my place. Uh, luckily, Walmart sold. They wouldn't sell Metallica or ACDC, but they'd sell Baron Cross. And uh, I just, it was one of those where I was really into Striper, and I was like, oh, let me seek out some other, you know, Christian bands. And Baron Cross, I liked the cover. I didn't know anything about them. Never had heard of them. I was like, oh, I'll give it a chance. How I'll... did you know it was a Christian metal band? Uh, I think I looked at the song titles. There and... might have even been some kind of a sticker, because that was on Enigma mm-hmm. Records, which was the same record label. Yeah, same one as Guardian. I would, buy, and, uh, yeah. I would buy anything on Enigma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And yep, I remember I had did. the Enigma catalog that also had some Metal Blade stuff in it right. back in the day. And so I would I buy anything order that all was that. on uh, the Canadian Metal Blade distributor was called uh, Bonsai. I would oh, wow. buy anything on Bonsai mm-hmm. Records, and I would buy anything on Enigma because yeah. it was always usually Christian metal based. Yeah. And then there was Poison; they were on Enigma. As yeah. Well. yeah. Oh yeah. How so I you? would do that, and I yeah I would get anything on Enigma and, and get anything on uh, Frontline. Right. Uh, yeah. Just Frontline was a huge Christian, li- and Star yep. Song was the yep. other one. Yep. Those were the ones. Uh, I think Star Song was actually owned by the Elefante brothers. Was it Dino and John? It might have been. I. 
I don't remember all my history I, who, anymore. Who produced, uh, produced Baron these Cross. records? Yeah, yeah. And yes, they, they I think did. they were ex Kansas members Kansas, yep. yeah. from, from the band Kansas. Yeah, and that's why the backing vocals are always sound amazing. Great point. Yeah. Great yeah. point. So is that what did you walk in the record store and see this Atomic Arena? No, actually, it was um, my friend Andy from Ohio. And shout out to Andy. Shout out to Andy. Still friends hey, Andy. with still <laughs> friends with Andy and Keith, and uh, and of course Jeremy because he's in on this too, and. I know he would love to be in on this uh, on this on this uh, podcast. If he was in New York, we'd have him here because we don't have a lot of Baron Cross fans available. <laughs> oh, he would have so much material. This Rich, man, Rich knows. Moore is probably the only other guy, and he's just an Atomic <laughs> Arena guy. Well, we'll have at least a couple of listeners to this. Oh yeah, uh, oh, yeah. There'll, there'll be exactly. A, there'll be a couple. They yeah. will be attached to us, but there will be a couple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, Andy, I was at his place. His mom made some stromboli. We're eating it, and then. Up in his room, he's got he had the album, so I'm sitting there just Atomic Arena. Oh, Rock for the oh King. no, yeah, Rock for the King. Oh, wow. So yeah, I was checking yeah. it out, wow. listened to a little bit of it, and it was that was still really early on. It was very raw that record. Yeah, Rock and I was King. just like, oh, some of it's not bad, but eh, I wasn't paying that much attention to it. But yeah, the layout and everything else is like they actually spent money on it. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. And so it was it was interesting. So I got to hear that, and I think. Right after that was when I heard Atomic Arena. There's a place called Heart Song. You used to, you could hang out, play pool, totally, uh, yeah, video games, a junior, like a like a uh, what they call it, like a juvenile uh, hangout center, like a yeah. teenage community. Center. Yep, there you go. Yeah, except that uh, you know, you, you know, there's sodas and crap like that. Yeah. And, you know, and so and it's it's it was safe. So that was where I saw imaginary music. The well, video, the, yeah, saw the video because they had they had videotapes of. If there was a video, I saw it there. They like seeing, it. Uh, see, it makes me want to sing. Striper, <laughs> like that first wow. live appearance. Right. That's where I saw it. Those heart videos song. never, they never played on Headbangers no, Ball. Videos no, they like didn't. That. But the guy who owned Rich Fout, shout out. So <laughs> he owned that place. And just if there was a Christian metal video, that dude had, had it. it. So yeah, that's where we go on Saturday nights, hang out and watch so the, videos, the, the and then cool, go bowling. The cool thing back in those days before the <laughs> internet and you know magazines always be a couple of months behind was when you. I remember because I would go to the record store every weekend and just, you didn't really know what was out. You would just look for whatever was out. Yeah. And I, I liked Baron Cross from Rock for the King. And then I saw Baron Cross Atomic Arena. Now, a couple things. One, like you said, the album cover is really cool. It, it's, it's kind of like some kind of a weird factory with pipes and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Colors painting, are cool. Yeah. Painting. But Atomic Arena, to me, still to this day, is one of the coolest album titles. Mm-hmm. It just evokes imagery in your head yeah. what is an atom what is the atomic arena oh to this day i still have no idea what it, that it means. just sounds great yeah. yeah and it's not mentioned uh, oh sorry it's mentioned in imaginary music but yeah there's no just song. that one little that's right. in the atomic yeah. arena yeah and that's it and so but, but what i would like is the progression of the band's look because the yeah. first one they're just kids someone obviously told them put this blue and white on mm-hmm. then atomic arena now mike lee's gone from his little poodle little gray tan <laughs> long hair so he's got Long Bruce Dickinson hair, yeah. and he kept the blonde. So now crystal the little Gale hair, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Crystal Gale, super long, old yeah. school Rich Ward hair down yep. to the yep. down to the freaking waist, stuck in the crack of his ass. Yes, yeah. but he kept it blonde, yeah, one side blonde. So I was like, that's really cool. Like and, Mark Ferrari, didn't he? Used well, to Mark do that? just had the little front thing was blonde, but Mike oh, went yeah, all Mike the way, went one whole side, one whole yeah. side, and then. Poindexter had longer hair, so he didn't look like <laughs> Poindexter anymore. And like Jim Laverty was the bass player. Let's go through it. It's Mike Lee on vocals, 
uh, Jim Laverde on bass. Uh, you guys remember the guitar player's name? Was it Ray Paris? Ray Paris. Yeah. And he's on drums. Wow. How do I remember Mike that? Whitaker? Steve Whitaker. Steve, Steve Whitaker. Whitaker. Boom. Okay, <laughs> we got it. Close. And, and we're not reading anything, guys. We're yeah, just coming we don't have anything open at the moment. Open. But to see them have longer hair and be very cool looking, and then the song titles yeah. on, on Atomic Arena, In the Eye of the Fire, yeah. Killers of the Unborn, Living Dead. Was Cultic like, Regime. Cult- yeah. yeah. The, such cool names. Great There were titles. great song titles on that album. Yeah, and so you were excited about it right from the start and then i think it was maybe cultic regimes that i saw the song titles i, I was like i gotta buy this what is that <laughs> what is that what yeah. is killers because that was right in the middle of the satanic panic i was like what is this <laughs> name, <you know? laughs> yeah. and what i like too um about that record is it was almost like every song was an after school special it absolutely yeah. was Am I right yep like, it, teach you a lesson about teach you a lesson oh yeah about, and, about and social it spelled issues. it out yeah. yeah yeah it's like i I had thought about that looking at the lyrics of it. This reminds me of early 80s rap where they told you exactly what was happening. The message. Walk no down the message, street and then yeah. I have some coffee. You know, just, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's kind of what it but felt that's like. That's what it was. Like, like, Killers of the Unborn was about abortion. Uh, In the Eye of the Fire was about suicide. Cultic mm-hmm. Regimes was about cults. cults yeah. Terrorist <laughs> child. It's like, about a terrorist, terrorist. child. Yeah, literally. Like, he watched a documentary and wrote that. There is no way he he has any knowledge of a terrorist child. That man watched something on TV and was like, huh, this moves me. Exactly. <laughs> he was watching CNN way before everybody was watching CNN. But that's a deadlock about drug abuse. Like, I just, every song had some kind of a message. And that was like kind of like Christian metal, especially extreme, because I would say Striper was more mainstream mm-hmm. and Baron Cross is more extreme. Yeah. Not necessarily in their sound, but they were they were in your face. Yeah, they were. Like, don't do drugs, don't get an abortion, yep. don't commit suicide. And Striper was more about rocking for the rock type stuff. Yeah, they were yeah, a lot yeah. more subtle. Yeah. yeah. So they had Baron Cross had a more bite to it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was heavier. And Mike Lee's voice sounded, it sounded dangerous. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Like, I really enjoyed Like, he was going to kick your ass if you didn't get off drugs or something. Seriously, if you don't change things by the end of this album, you are going to hell. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) And he had that real low, like, cocaine. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? It's like, I remember, like, I remember first hearing that song where he, where he says that. that like, was the, the single kind of. Yeah, and I was like, what is he even talking about? Then he says the word cocaine. Like, ah, and that's what he's talking about. <laughs> that's all he says. He, said, he <laughs> says it a lot meaner than Eric Clapton does. <laughs> <laughs> he just belts it. I was like, it bangles your body now. Dun, 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 cocaine! <laughs> it's so random. <laughs> it's like, like, in case you're wondering what we're talking about, let me just shove it in your face. We're talking about cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> so they had some steam from that. There was a video for Imaginary Music that yes, you would see once in a blue moon. Yep. Uh, and then uh, going forward to, to the next record was State of Control. State of Control. Cover not as cool. Kind of a more... Yeah, uh, a I wrote some notes about this cover. All right, well, let's talk about the covers first. All right, right. The, 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 the co- cover of State of Control, like to me, it looks like 
a girl who's home from school looking out the window on a snow day, and she's like <laughs> bored to tears. And it's a little bit of a cloudy window. Yeah, like a fogged yeah. up window. She's like, oh, I wish I could have just gone to school today. I'm so bored. There's nothing to do here at home. And like, I'm like, why? Why does that? What does that have to do with state of control? Like, what I, is this? No clue. I was just like, who is this sad white girl on the cover of this album? I don't understand it, but okay. And, and the colors are like this white album with some red and blue. Like yeah. The, yeah. The, the heaviness of the Atomic Arena cover is this is like the yang of that. Exactly. It's a very, like we used to say back, it's wimpy. Yeah. It's a wimpy cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So automatically, I'm always excited. It's the new Baron Cross. Once again, didn't know. Uh, it was coming out. See it. Same here. I just saw the cassette at Walmart. I was like, whoa, they have a new album out. Awesome. Right. Yep. Okay. And then you turn it around. And once again, they've got some cool song titles. Not quite as in your face, but there's some good ones. Once again, mm-hmm. uh, 2000 Years, mm-hmm. uh, Stage of Intensity, Bigotry well, Man. Okay. <laughs> Who are you? Bigot, bigotry, <laughs> bigotry Man. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, uh, the, 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 the signals weren't quite as crazy, no. but then when you put the record on, it was, it's very heavy. It is. Yeah. It's got some, some more mainstream type tunes. Yeah. yeah it, it's a, a little more polished. The, yeah. Polished. I was going to say the production, I like the production on Atomic Arena yeah. a little better. It's more bassy, like more yes. full state of control. You could tell they were kind of a little more polished and not yeah. they didn't want to scare people away with the heaviness yeah and i actually remember and we'll get into this i actually remember growing up in winnipeg that they played crying over you on the radio mm-hmm. a few times so to hear baron cross on winnipeg rock radio i don't think wow. i ever, ever heard striper on winnipeg rock radio uh, wow. amazing so s- somebody got through the cracks well, there was a video for that mm-hmm. song too and that was yeah. a big big ballad and it's actually a great song mm-hmm. but i don't think bc had the money behind them to really... that's right around the same time the payolas were getting <laughs> Played a lot of up in Winnipeg. You've got the eyes of a stranger. Um, but once again, you look at the back cover. Now Mike Lee's hair is just super long. Oh yeah, sunglasses, black gloves. He should have sold some of his hair to do yeah. a little payola. Did you? Did you guys watch that video for crying over yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. I loved it. He looks but, cool. Yeah, it's a pretty professional video. Yeah, you could tell. It's they, like they wow, had, they put money into they that. They had man. some money behind them. Whatever Enigma had, they they gave Baron Cross some budget for yep. all of that. Mm-hmm. They they really what they, they had left over from Poison. I yeah, guess. I guess. <laughs> Even though uh, t- uh, the first Poison album, the budget was like twenty some thousand dollars. But it, it, wow. they made probably twenty seven oh, million dollars. Yeah, made a fortune. They, they yeah, they, you know, and, and Baron Cross wasn't a Poison. They weren't pretty like Poison. Mike Lee was a good looking guy, but yep. they were a mm-hmm. Christian metal band. And even on this one, I remember Inner War was about sex. Bigotry Man was about bigotry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Face in the Dark was about, you know, going off to L.A. L.A. is the place of dreams. I know. I keep, find s- your own way. I keep saying, like, good thing Brad Pitt didn't listen to that song because it would have convinced him to stay in Springfield, Missouri. Because <laughs> they're telling you about the Mike's dangers of not going. to go. Don't go to L.A. Don't, don't, go. Oh, yeah. don't try to be a star. That's right. How and, dare and you? Out of Time was about the rapture. And- yeah, absolutely. So oh, the, they had great intro, too. Great intro. Oh, so yeah, so yeah. we'll get into all that. So they're both great records, and um, let's we're going to do a classic album clash. If you guys haven't heard these records and you're looking for some great, not just Christian rock and roll, but great 80s music that you might not have heard, great 80s heavy metal, it's very Iron Maiden-based, very heavy, but they have a style to them. The, the Great mm-hmm. Paris, great mm-hmm. guitar tone, yeah. uh, interesting drumming. 
Yeah. I always thought it was very cool. And the bass playing is insane. Yeah. The, that guy's a great that's bass That's why on Atomic Arena, you oh, can yeah, really that hear in, the bass. Intro. It's great. Yeah. Yes, oh. yes, yes. Yeah, he does yeah. a sick bass intro. On so so we'll go into, so I can, once again, we're saying this all off the tops of our heads. <laughs> I have yeah. a few notes. Yeah, on that, oh, but, yeah. We have but, notes, but literally what we've just said, we're just rattling off the yeah. top of our heads. And I remember yeah. Atomic Arena, I, I, um, I don't have an exact date because it didn't say it in, in when I looked it up, but it was February of 88. Yeah. I remember in the winter time anytime a, a record came out in, in, in winnipeg in the winter and you'd be like holy shit this is like my bear down and listen exactly to it in right? your bedroom so uh atomic arena came out and then a state of control was uh believe in about may of 89 so it was more of a springtime record summertime record uh we've talked about the covers we've talked about the band the way they look uh let's go into the track by track I all think. right the first uh the kickoff song on atomic arena is imaginary music and the kickoff song, The State of Control, is the title track, State of Control, which is about uh, 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 a parent uh, with alcoholism. The drinking damage a parent provokes <laughs> can ruin a child's tomorrow. Now, we got to get into some of Mike Lee's ridiculous lyrics, too. Oh, my God, we have to. He's a guy that rhymed, uh, uh, God came and died for you. But you just want your pleasure <laughs> oh. on the first record. You can't rhyme you and pleasure. Pleasure. It doesn't work. Pleasure. No. Pleasure. But he would pull it off. If you're or French, he I guess he can. <laughs> so, so let's uh, let's go through the the two uh, the two tracks. Well, Richard. some of the one of the notes I wrote about state of control is one of my favorite li- lines of lyrics. It goes, "It's like I said, being drunk is dead." <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, I love beer, so I'm going to have to go with imaginary music because any anti-beer song, I don't think I can jive with it. Hey, it's like I said, when? When did you say this, Mike? Yeah, I didn't hear him say that. It's like I said, being drunk is dead. Like, over the top. Like, the last record, it was cocaine. Now it's okay, we've been through that. Let's hit on the people who want to have a couple cocktails after school. And I had no idea that that, because here's another thing that I hated about the record, and then we'll get get over to, to you, Howard. Sure. Uh, back in those days, you'd open a record, and there'd be, like, Atomic Green had a great lyric sheet, mm-hmm. pictures of the band, credits. I was a mark for all that stuff. State of Control, typical, just a plastic sheath for the record. No lyrics, no pictures, no nothing. Crazy. I hated that. Uh, so I didn't even know what this freaking song was about until <laughs> 15 years later when I bought it on CD. Yep. How and, th- oh, sorry. One more oh, thing, too. Oh, uh, imaginary music, like what? I don't even know what those lyrics are about, but it's kind of to me. It sounds like he's ragging on a, a musician that's more successful than him. Kind of, he's, he's talking saying, about being you super know, famous. You got 15 million fans. They know you your got name. more money than you can ever spend. How dare you? Yeah, and it's imaginary music. Like why? <laughs> yeah, 15 million fans know your name, and they. That's why like, they would came. Baron Cross be mad if they had that many fans. <laughs> yeah, or, or wasn't that directed towards Iron Maiden? Uh, yeah, it's like Maybe, Jesus, yeah. easy, Bruce Jesuson. Maybe he did that because Bruce did Tattooed Millionaire ragging that's on. Right. You know, I feel that Mike was left out of the main concert to have a ticket and when the door closed and they left him out he wrote that lyric while he was listening to the to the gig through the wall yeah imaginary music uh, uh, it's power don't, don't abuse, abuse it, it. Don't abuse yeah. it. exactly yeah. so that was kind of the, the lesson for that album yeah. was don't get too high on your own horse if you're a rock star <laughs> Howard it, yeah and that's of course what it got from it and I remember that was where I first really started paying attention to Baron Cross mm. like I said I heard Rock for the King with uh when my friend had the album and with the nice layout and all that stuff, but uh, 
that was the first song and that's the song that i got to see that video every week at heart song that's great yeah so that was my introduction and and love it that song's that song's permanently stuck and I, d- I didn't even see the video for a while but i remember just putting the record on and you put the lead on the record it's heavy it's like this is cool yeah yeah because yeah. state of control it's not as really powerful it's not a good yeah. i would say it's not even i mean it's a good song because we've heard it so much yeah but i remember the first time i heard it, i thought it's a little bit stock i, I was yeah. just like what? yeah totally it's like the the chorus was great but it was just okay yeah. it was a song yeah, yeah. It, it, it kick off the new record that's I remember what i thinking thought. like yeah. uh-oh is it going to be one of these things like every other band that I love, Lizzie Borden, and Loudness, Raven, that was super heavy and then got super lame, mm-hmm. Saxon, where you'd be like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, you, you blew it. Luckily, yeah. though, the re- you they know, pull that, it back. They pull they, it back. Yeah, they uh, The next song yeah, uh, after it, that it, exactly. awesome. so you're So I think it's all three of us because the consensus is imaginary music. Yeah. yeah. Another yeah. thing I like about Baron Cross, too, is they're like a, a queen type of a songwriting situation where everybody in the band wrote songs. Yes. Yeah. Steve Whitaker got his one song per record. And <laughs> Which I can't wait to talk about. Talk about bo- both, of, both of them. Yeah. My favorite Baron Cross song wow, ever. Wow, okay, okay. So then the next song for uh, uh, Atomicus Killers of the Unborn versus Out of Time. Um, Killers of the Unborn about abortion. Yes. Uh, uh, what's the line? Uh, I'm, now in peace, I'm now in pieces in a garbage bag. Uh, <laughs> It's, Listen, a, it's a pretty brutal li- and depressing think about that. lyric. It's a very brutal lyric. Yeah, it is. Uh, and I think that's another reason why, like I said, they're in your face. They didn't care uh, about being politically correct back in that time frame, mm-hmm. which no one really did. But Baron, like, uh, layer down, commence to drill, a primo murder, the legal kill. I'm a child about to die. My mother does not hear my cry. So he's singing from the point of a of a fetus. fetus. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's insane. Injection starts to work its way. I don't feel love. I just feel pain. I'm getting weaker. My poison blood. Death surrounds me like a flood. That's Did kind- he have to mm-hmm. research abortion to know that there's a drill involved? I mean, <laughs> who's who's <laughs> drilling? He's literally yeah, describing like a DNC. What is this? <laughs> He's describing like a, like a back alley abortion. Yeah, what who's is using a drill? A drill yeah, like, that's like not how abortions movie. work. You know, I know that. Uh, and then the, uh, the operation is over. I'm now in pieces in a garbage bag. Guilt will now take over because where's the relief you thought you had? So now. Uh, I love this too. The shame and scar she bears, scar of guilt going nowhere, but he can't forgive her if she gives her life to the Savior. Um, wow, that's heavy. You know, I, no, no, they're going to kill me. I don't want to die. Just leave me be. Like, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Even to this day, I it have is. a hard time like, hearing like that. Like, we yeah. can listen to ripping uh, entrails from a virgin's cunt. Oh, yeah, because that's so outrageous. <laughs> it's, this this like, is really yeah. hits, hits you where you live. Yeah. No pun intended. Yeah. Learn a lesson, corpse grinder. <laughs> George the Thumb. I call him the Thumb. I told you that. He's got a face and he's got a neck and that's about it. Oh, I love George. Uh, greatest guy. But um, so, the, yeah, I mean, th- that song is so lyrically heavy. Yeah. Um, and then it goes up against Out of Time, which is about the rapture. Yep. And th- thousands, perhaps millions yeah, of people, people just, just disappeared. disappeared. Um, that riff. Great riff. Whew. And the thing is about that. Now, what was those the, the movies that were It was out? like an early 70s movie. Early I 70s. They got that intro from. Christian, like a Christian horror movie. movie. Yeah. I, 
Okay. Uh, You've gotta, seen gotta, it. Gotta Let touch. me guess. I'm pretty sure I have because there was this place called the Christian Free Drive-In in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, my gosh. And it was basically a dry, you know, just outdoor movie theater. And they would show old Christian movies about Judgment Day and the Rapture. And so I'd just be sitting there eating popcorn to watching these <laughs> Really bad really? movies, and so yeah, Does I anybody got to make see out at those all movies those movies. In their car. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, you see that, and and plus, like I, you know, if I went, there, I'd go there and work. I'd like clean up and you know throw away trash and all that stuff. And, oh yeah, and so I'd get to I'd get to get in for free and get free popcorn. So oh, nice. that's what I do, and so yeah, I saw all that stuff as a kid. Here's the intro, if we can if we can hear, it. and this like you said, there's like Christian horror movies. Yeah, that there were super little coming in from all over the globe, confirming it as true. To say that the world is in a state of shock this morning would be to understate the situation. The event seems to have taken place at the same time all over the same world. Same time? That's about 25 <laughs> minutes ago. Suddenly, Suddenly in the literally thousands, perhaps millions of people just disappeared. Oh, so, yeah. that, see, that's when you know that this album is going to be it, heavy. They're, they're back with that riff. Yeah, yep. just that riff, riff alone. Oh, but, my but God. Once, yeah, Gives I, me chills. It, 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 that, that intro, and I didn't know at the time. I thought it was kind of like a, a Prisoner or Number of the Beast where they had it recorded, but they took that from the movie. I had no oh, idea yeah. until actually a few years ago. Really? About yeah, I, I think I, you guys told me that. Right, right. I've seen so many of those movies. It, it really was a thing back in the late 60s and 70s. There, so many and they movies made like about one the after another after another. one after they another. were doing it long before kirk cameron was oh yeah, yeah yeah but doing those was, left it was definitely behind the precursor yeah. Yeah. it was it was like the original left and the left behind movies budget i think were even worse than the original 70s budget because uh. i remember go i went to there was always christian bookstores where you could buy christian rock and roll mm-hmm. frontline records star song records yep and they had the videos i remember looking at the video and thinking should i rent this i look at the back and it was like you know the world is dead and be like some guy with some really shitty fake looking blood like standing with handcuffs on, like screaming, and it just looks cheap and it looks yep. shitty. I'm like, yeah. I can't do this. <laughs> yep. I don't want to do it. They were bad. They were bad. They so, were uh, bad. but out of time, great riff. That's Mike singing very angrily. Yeah. You know, and there's a breakdown. He's coming back. It's a matter of fact, but yeah. you don't know when he's coming. With some yep. cool, like, reverb drums yeah. going on. He's coming again, like, super <laughs> high. Like, I said, when Bruce Dickinson left Iron Maiden, it should have been Michael Kiske from Halloween, or if you wanted to go American, it should have been Mike Lee. That's a great I back point. Like his yeah. voice was Bruce. I wonder if he thought about like calling them or auditioning. He's them so or... nuts. He was Michael Drive at that point. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that later. <laughs> we'll but this, this to me is a tough choice. Kills of the Unborn versus Out of Time. Mm, Where do you go with, Howard? I got to go with Out of Time. Wow. Uh, there's, that riff is undeniable. It's yes. like the sample into the riff. Can't beat it. Yeah. Yep. When we were talking, we still have to do this. We were talking about doing uh, Reason for the Season for Christmas. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And we were saying we could back it up with a B-side of Out of Time. And we actually called Michael Sweet to see if he would play a solo on it. <laughs> and he said he would have Michael Striper playing a solo. Oh, my God. Yeah, are we ever going to finish this thing? We'll, we'll do it. Are, no, we, are we ever going to start the drums are done. Done. I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of thinking that we may have to uh, play with the song a little bit. And kind of make it our own, though. It's like oh, we we kind of got cool, like a yeah. straight recording of it. I'm like, what if we play with it? We we just got to mess with it. Yeah, we just got to sit down and do it. Yeah, you know, we we the three of us can ta- handle it and figure it out. Absolutely. So you're going with uh, out of time. Got to go with out of time, Richard. I have to go with my favorite Baron Cross wow. song, 
And actually, probably one of my top 20 favorite songs of all time, Out of Time. Wow. wow. I freaking love that song. You know how, like, it rarely happens, but when you're listening to an album for the first time and you hear a song and you love it the first instantly. time you hear it, yeah. yep. instantly you get chills. Yeah. That's what I got when I heard that chorus. I was like, oh my God. I probably even cried. I was like, this is the greatest <laughs> like holding chorus. On. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it was don't like wait. the first yeah, time I heard... Away. Calling on you yep. by Striper, but like, yep, yeah. yeah first time I heard same, that, I was that like, same vibe right yeah. away. Yeah, there's very few songs you hear them the very first time and freak out, and that was out of time for me. Like the the riff, the but mostly the chorus. That is just like one of the catchiest, coolest choruses. Ever. Great point. Like you said, Howard, the backing vocals of the you know the Kansas Elefante brothers. Yep. Yeah, but it's just it, 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 we're laughing about Mike Lee's lyrics, but these lyrics are great. Don't wait. Like a thief in the night, night, yeah. You better turn on your light. He might come, come back, back tonight. tonight. Yeah. And if you're yeah. a Christian, like that's what you're told, he he come back at any point in time. So yeah. get your shit together, man. Yeah. Yep. Because there's going to be no warning. And if you listen on headphones, the intro is in the right side in your right oh. ear, and the riff comes into your left ear. It just assaults you. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's a great riff. It's funny because I love Killers of the Unborn. That's another riff that just comes out of the gate. Mm-hmm. But um, I think because State of Control, the song was so. Uh, once again, it's a great song, but it's very uh, mid-tempo. Mm-hmm. It's not in your face, and then this just attacks you because yeah, you're thinking yeah. it's going to be this is going to be their wimpy album. And that came out, you're like, oh my gosh! And Steve Whitaker wrote this song with one of the Elefante brothers, Out of Time. Really? Yeah. So this is yeah. Steve's song wow. yeah, on the album. Song, yeah. Yeah. Like he it's, said, he had one every album. Yeah, there you is, go, it, drummer. There you go. Yeah. And I actually did look at. The, I didn't look at who wrote all the songs, but occasionally when you look at so you start telling. You're you're able to know who's writing what. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it doesn't take long. Yeah, and, and he, uh, yeah, like I said, I, I I'm a big Killers of the Unborn fan, but oof, geez, man, I, I guess I, I'll go with Out of Time. I yeah, mean, we got to make it a, a full sweep here, just because of like I said, the placement of the song, in kind of turning my attitude around about the album. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? And now I can, like I said, I can listen to State of Control and it's a good tune, but yeah. that one just made me think. Like, oh that my that is honestly the best description of it. The first song, it's like, okay, it's a good song, but oh, this is oh, what this album yeah. is. They, yeah. they, they maybe yeah. should have started without a time. Yeah, the, the it would have been a good album. intro. Yeah. Some yeah. kind of weird sirens and stuff yeah. and then going into that voice, kind yeah, of a war it, pigs type thing. Yeah. I mean, we're sitting there telling them about their work and art and everything, but you should have called the album out of time and it should have been the first song. <laughs> well, there's a lot of other, like uh, 2,000 Years would have been a great album title. Stage yeah. of Intensity would have yep. been a great album title. But at this point in time, when obviously someone th- is throwing money at them to get them on the radio in yeah. small town Canada, they were probably told, this is what we're going to call it. Yeah. This is the order. You never know but what was going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because State mm-hmm. of Control is a song that like a non-metal fan would hear and say, oh, that's a, you know, that's yeah, a cool that's song. A good way to start it drive them away. Yeah, and your album cover is going to look like a weird hotel painting. <laughs> 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 All right, and then we go to, and once again, it's funny because we're talking about how heavy out of time is set in tone for the record. The next one is like this beautiful ballad, Crying yep. Over You, which was very standard for the time. Yep. Uh, versus In the Eye of the Fire, which, oh my God. Like, yeah. Sorry, guys, there's no even, nothing even closer. But In the Eye of the Fire was about suicide. And it was written by Jim Laverty, the bass player. And you could tell because the whole song was like a bass solo. Oh, my God. It's amazing. It starts with a bass intro, which as a bass player at 17 when this came out, I was like, oh, my God, he's two-handed tapping. 
And then the middle part is just this crazy breakdown of like guitar, bass, drum. It's almost like a dream theater part or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's cool. So good and so heavy. And mm-hmm. once again, like uh, you are the beauty in life. Don't die. Like, don't, <laughs> oh, uh, beware the lie. It's happy to die. No. Oh, oh no. yeah. Oh. I actually wrote those down. It's, man, I, I, I don't want to give the dude that much grief, but come on bro <laughs> i wrote that one down it was it michael, was that funky michael drive if you're listening sorry wait <laughs> out your strife but don't take your life in the eye in the eye of the fire in the eye of the fire yeah i love that wait out your life uh wait out your strife but don't take your life um like i said crying over you it was cool to hear it on the radio but in the eye of the fire i mean dude you can't beat that for me that's one of my favorite uh, uh bc songs so i'm going with that one um, I love In the Eye of the Fire because it kind of sounds like Transylvania by Iron oh, Maiden. Oh, good call. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you know, I don't know if they <laughs> meant to do that or, or... Well, I never made that connection. Yeah, but... There you yeah. go. Anytime you're in a bass solo in heavy metal. So go ahead. Um, but I'd have to go against the grain and pick Crying Over Wow. Here. I love that song. It's got a great chorus. Um, In the Eye of the Fire is awesome, but... To me, it kind of always sounded a little bit too much too like Maiden. Iron Maiden. Too yeah, Maiden. That's a real Maiden song. Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, which I, I would prefer to just listen to Maiden. <laughs> Luckily, my uh, parents didn't weren't one of the parents that would only let me listen to Baron Cross and not Iron Maiden. I was I had the choice to listen to both. To both. But uh, crying over you, I love that. It's okay. a, just a cool hey, ballad in, in a different world could have and should have been a big hit because it was perfect for the yeah, radio absolutely. it was perfect what was going on at the time uh should they have led that off as their first single no no but once again i'm sure that wasn't their choice mm-hmm. so howard yeah i i could i could go back and forth with this all day with these two songs gonna go with crying over you wow gonna do it i mean the bass makes that and you know i didn't make the even though they do sound like i i didn't make the connection with that song but uh, for me, it's just that was one of the better. That, that was one of the better power ballads for me. Mm-hmm. Just I, I just enjoyed it. So, all right. Well, that's crying, uh, over, crying over you gets the gets the Duke on that one. Uh, and then we go to two songs that are very similar to me. They're kind of similar riff songs: "Terrorist Child" versus "A Face in the Dark," which is a very stock title. But a great yeah. song. Yeah. yeah, and the chorus is awesome. Really great song. And and fast again, too. Fast. Yeah, I love. And once again, after crying over you, it comes out of the gate. We're like, oh, this is another like kind of old school sounding Baron Cross tune. Yeah. Uh, the, the terrorist child, uh, the, the the terrorists uh, versus the uh, the dreamers in Hollywood that go and die because fame is fleeting. Uh, what do you think, Richard? I think I have to go, even though they're discouraging people to go to L.A. and live their <laughs> dreams, I think I have to pick A Face in the Dark. Yes. Um, you know, like I said, the lyrics are pretty funny. They're about, you know, don't go out to L.A. or something bad's going to be happen, happen to you. You won't be a movie star, so stay put in Kansas where you are. So, um, and Terrorist Child is great. It's a heavy song, but... Um, to me, it always it's another one. It sounds like two minutes to midnight. 
Wow! You are making the connections. Yeah, and and you know, sorry, Baron Cross, but I just I was such a Maiden fan at the time. I was like, oh, this kind of you know, I'll, I'll listen to Two Minutes of Midnight, <laughs> Two Minutes of Midnight instead. So I got to pick a uh, Face in the Dark. I love it. It's fast. It's heavy. Um, and I I promise you, I won't just pick every song from State of Control. <laughs> I like There's it though, some... because I thought I thought this was going to be more of a, of an Atomic Arena uh, monopoly. But this is why I love doing these shows mm-hmm. because you think about it. Um, I I love uh, <clears throat> Terrorist Child. Never really connected with me. I thought it was a little bit stock. Uh, I hated that drum beat that we talked about the Neon Cross. Oh, that band yeah. where they just go. I forgot about the neon cross conversation. That drum beat, and this had that. Maybe they could only afford, like neon cross could only afford to record one drum track, and then they had to use it for every song. There are fourteen people who know who we're talking about. They'll look it up. And twelve of them listening right now. But the the terrorist child kind of had that beat. But I, I think the lyrics for a Face in the Dark, um, you know, we're laughing about, about Don't Go to L.A., but it's some good stuff. Like, L.A. is the place of dreams, or so it seems. Is there a place you're running to? Don't like it where you are. Life is oh so hard. You feel like running somewhere new. As a, as a teenager, that's your life. Like, yeah. You just yeah. want to get away from from your parents or the yeah. shit that's going on. It's like um, a Fallen Angel by Poison. It is. I was yeah. just about to say that. <laughs> Good yeah. vibe. Yep. I'm envisioning, too, the Welcome to the Jungle video where Axel comes off the bus. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There. But I always love this one. This is the pre-chorus. The things that wait for you isn't what you want. Who you think you'll be is not who you'll become. That's good. That's good. That's good lyrics. Once again, mm-hmm. the, the price of fame. So definitely for me, uh, Face in the Dark, it's one of my favorite songs on this record. And uh, definitely uh, better for me than Terrorist Child, Howard. Yeah, that that chorus, uh, that chorus for Face and Dark, I I just love it. But yeah, great harmony in it too. In the, and in powerful, the his vocals are powerful. Yeah. Oh yeah, it, it, it's it's amazing. But Terrorist Child, if you only knew, you were taken and brainwashed only to kill. <laughs> okay, so so your target audience. Is terrorist children? <laughs> Are you? <laughs> what was your plan, man? <laughs> so... <laughs> Sorry, gotta go with a face in the dark. It was just I'm I'm sitting here reading this like who oh who's listening to this and thinking, well, gonna I'm gonna go ahead and put the bomb down. <laughs> like, I I don't get it. It didn't make sense to me. So yeah, I the and the music was kind of cool. There were some cool parts to it, but yeah, face in the dark. Face in the dark. Uh, then uh, it's uh, close to the edge versus a stage of intensity. Um, for me, uh, close to the edge is another one. I think it's, it's a cool song. It's got a, a good kind of ending part to it. Uh, but to me, stage of intensity might be my favorite Baron Cross song. Oh wow! It's so weird. It's almost <laughs> right. It's almost a prog rock song. It is. It's everything. It's strange. It's everywhere. I mean. I, I'm sorry, I had to interrupt Jump there in. just because I'm laughing because that that song because I had no idea where it was going. Where it was I going? First heard. That's and, right. And then you hear the acoustic, and then all of a sudden you're you're basically into a thrash beat, it, it's, or like yeah, an, yeah, like an old school another, thrash beat. It's, is it another ballad? And then yeah. and then it just goes uh, and then it builds. Take it home with a take it home, yeah. so, and then it goes to another acoustic <laughs> part, and then out of nowhere it just goes. 
And the lyrics are about being on a stage and we yeah. want to play for you. And yep. it was just this, like, you mentioned the Iron Maiden connection. Another thing I liked about Baron Cross is they had longer proggy songs. I was going to yep. say, this song like is Maiden. like seven yeah. minutes long. Yeah, they, they always yeah. threw out a longer one. Yeah, yeah, and it had tempo changes and it had different parts, which as a Metallica Maiden fan... In 1988, 89, I yep. loved it. Yeah, and I remember just like once again, whatever trials and tribulations I had with Stay to Control the song, and then crying over you when you first hear it, you're like, oh my gosh, this one was like mm. between Out of Time and this, 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 I've got my money's worth already. And oh, I still yeah. have a whole second side to I listen know. to. Uh, Mike's vocals are great. The, the the acoustic guitar which he played on an acoustic V guitar, <laughs> which I've never seen. Um, does, he, does he still use it? He still does on that on that Swedish <laughs> yeah. thing, Elements yep. of Rock that mm -hmm. we watched uh, he, in 2012. He plays it, but it's such a great, weird, awesome tune for what I was into at the time to this day. And it's got a great scream at the end. Whenever oh, yeah. I'm warming up, if I'm feeling good, mm -hmm. I'll hit that scream where it goes all right, like, <laughs> super high. And uh, if if I can nail that, I know I'm gonna have a good night on stage. So that's awesome. Thumbs up to State of Control. I can't even really even say anything about Close to the Edge because I don't even. I just listened to it again last night. It doesn't stand out to me. Great, fine, but mm -hmm. Stage of Intensity is the one for me. Yep. How about you, Richard? Uh, I agree. St I got to go with Stage of Intensity. Yeah, Close to the Edge is kind of like st the song State of Control. It's yeah, kind of stock, just right? Stock. Yeah. You know, Imagine if they would okay. open the album with that. Though, yeah. Right. Oh. Yeah. But um, I love the lyrics on Stage of Intensity. Cheer till the end of the year. <laughs> it's like. Do they expect people to stop cheering think, on January first? We've got to make that a thing. Yeah, it's just on cheer stage till now, the end of the year. On the stage you're now, horse, Chris, we got to tell people cheer till the end of the year. Yeah, wouldn't you go horse about November though? Like, <laughs> this is our last song, and you are not done yet. <laughs> we've gone through this before on the group chat, where we've gone through the funny uh, Mike Lee lyrics. But uh, like you said, yeah, um, uh, uh, we're gonna cheer till the end of the year. I just, the surge of power in my blood, a flash of lightnings coming down, escaping to the hungry, hungry crowd where they receive it screaming loud. Like, it's just like, okay, what yeah. rhymes with crowd loud? The, oh, yeah. And you know fear, they wrote fear. this uh, for the live show. Yes, for the like, yeah. I think cool. his name was Mike Lee Soros. He just immediately <laughs> went for whatever word was close enough. There's a chemistry in here like, intense enough to make them cheer. Till the end, end of, of the year. year. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going with Stage of Intensity. Oh, yeah, great tune. How about you, Howard? Gotta go Stage of Intensity. I mean, um, Close to the Edge. I mean, that's that was a catchy little, Close to the Edge. Yeah, yeah that's, it's real catchy, but for the most part, it did kind of feel like a, uh, it was a filler. Yeah, it, it was. It felt like a filler, but uh, Stage of Intensity, that's why I cackled like a witch. It's just like, <laughs> that's how I've always described that song. It's so weird. Yeah. Because it does everything yeah and it's so long but yeah that's the one where we'd be in the car me and jeremy that song starts we're headbanging it's almost like if someone said what is baron cross i might put that song on here's what they are yep yeah it's acoustic it's heavy it's weird it's mm -hmm. fast yeah, mix of everything uh, there's yeah. a great breakdown in the middle uh it's got here's a great line the it's a responsibility of a musician the man that plays the instrument can be a tool and so he is responsible for what he tells you. Imagine <laughs> does does he mean tool, though, as like a, a, <laughs> oh, nerd, a nerd or a dork? <laughs> now it's time for you to respond by getting very loud, captured by the mood of the song that we will play for you now. You act as the jury in the court of rock and roll. All will rise. Push into the fast lane, floor it to the metal, and they'll scream to the sky. All right! 
It's it's like I need to write what things are exactly. <laughs> now it is time for you to respond by getting very loud. Like who writes that as a lyric? That's terrible. And you sang it with with power with and passion. Yeah. You you put your all into that. And if you don't respond, you're going to have to go put your nose in the corner. Oh my! Because you're going to be in trouble by Mike Lee till the end of the year. And then we go to Deadlock. Uh, the song's about singing a song. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Mike. <laughs> uh, Deadlock versus Hard Lies. Um, Deadlock is the one that we were talking about earlier that just shouts out in the middle of it, Cocaine! <laughs> um, there was a song, there was a, a record, or sorry, a, a music show, a radio show in Winnipeg. I think it was syndicated. The host was David Hyde. It was called Spin 180. And they would play the best new Christian music, and Deadlock was on it. That might be the first time I heard something from Tom Arena, and I was like, "This is a really cool song." Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 smoke and fire on your lips again. The pipe's never cold anymore. Now someone just, <laughs> what do you smoke out of a pipe? <laughs> crack? I don't know. Like now he's. This was a little maybe yeah, even before this the was crack real days. early in the yeah this yeah, was this was like maybe right after like New Jack City so, right yeah and that was, was like early 80, eighty this is early eighty eight maybe now. he's yeah, talking this, to like grandpas that smoke a tobacco pipe I don't, or something <laughs> <laughs> so now and this is once again this is Mike kind of the uh, the narrator in a Shakespearean play the Duke's and Machina who comes down and now tells you okay we were talking about abortion pieces in a garbage bag. Uh, wait out your strife. Don't take your life. There's terrorist children. Now you're gonna. Then we're talking about people smoking crack cocaine out of a pipe, uh, and, and and you're gonna die again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> great riff. Uh, it goes up against Hard Lies, which might be my least favorite Baron Cross song. It's super poppy. It's almost mm-hmm. like uh, like holding on onto on hell with the devil, which gonna, I love. I know but... you love, and I, we love it too. But it's a very uh, I don't know if they were trying to write a radio song or a poppy well, song. Well, to me, it always sounded like a, a ad for batteries or a truck ad or something. <laughs> yeah, like you know? a jingle. Yeah, like a jingle. Yeah, yeah. to me, that it, that song sounded like it could have been on a Holy Soldier album. Wow, yeah. good point. Very harmony, yep. poppy, melodic, and not... You know, they, they had that side of them, but they'd never gone that far to mm. the pop side before. Um, so for me, uh, it's going to be Deadlock, uh, which is, I think... Is still a great tune and yeah. it's a great introduction to the album. And I seem to recall Jeremy liking that song a lot. I could be wrong, but yeah, you like that one. And and so I heard that one a lot. Deadlock, but yeah, yeah. So in comparison, yeah, I, I'm I'm going ahead and throw mine in. Deadlock, Deadlock. yeah, I'm going Deadlock as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hot steel, the pipes never cold anymore. The more you feel, the more you can't let go. Bang goes your body now. Cocaine! <laughs> Harmless though it seems, it starts just like a dream, but it ends. Ends! Ends! Yeah, see, that was in case you thought he was smoking tobacco. <laughs> yeah. He wants you to know. He spelled it's it out. Cocaine! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Halfway through, he told me what he was talking like about. Like his lyric later on, now I will divulge his name. Now I will divul- divulge what I'm talking about. Cocaine! <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! Divulge <laughs> song number six, also lesson number six. That's yeah. right, that's absolutely. Right. Now, uh, spin one eighty once again. About a year and a half later, the new Baron Cross, and I would have to get up in the morning. I think it was on at nine a.m. on a Sunday, mm-hmm. so I would have to get up and press record on my little ghetto blaster thing. And the, the, the you know, you're drinking at this point in time. You're nineteen, eighteen. 
the the days when the Sundays when I slept in, I was so mad that I missed Spin 180. Like it was yeah. my day. Like I gotta hear what's going on. Wow. The first song from the new Baron Cross that they played. Uh, oh, sorry, we're not there yet. Uh, uh, sorry, we'll put that story later. Uh, the next song, is <laughs> Inner War uh, versus Cultic Regimes. Uh, Cultic Regimes wow. starts with a very wacky laugh. Oh, that laugh used to scare the hell out of me. <laughs> well, not because it's scary sounding, but I just wasn't prepared for oh, it. Yeah. It came out of nowhere. It comes yeah. out of nowhere. And, and you think, like, I would hear it and think, oh, you know, my mom's laughing in the next room or something. <laughs> it's just a weird laugh out Wait, of nowhere. Wait, your mom sound it, like that? No, but... <laughs> oh, yeah, let's listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like who I want if I could ever talk to Mike Lee like Like who did that laugh and why? Like and what does it have to do with cultic regime? We need some kind of a catchy intro for this. Mike, you do your uh your Elmer Fudd <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, was Mel Blank in the studio next to them or something? <laughs> Hey, Val, this is uh, Baron Cross, upcoming Christian metal band. Uh, <laughs> ah, still at her. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> my cheeks hurt. <laughs> uh, yeah, Cultic Regime is an interesting song because, once again, after that laugh, there's a little bit of kind of a, a corded intro, and then it gets super thrashy yep. fast. It jumps right into it. There's a crazy bass breakdown on it. Uh, it's a really cool song. Uh, and it, But Inner War... Uh, is a very heavy riff uh, mm -hmm. talking about uh, the, the the battle of the flesh, so, mm -hmm. shall we say? And even has some almost like death metal style vocals in, in the middle. Yeah, yeah, in inner war. Yeah, yeah, that's right in the middle of the breakdown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. great harmony on the chorus. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna scream. I'm gonna shout. Um, I got to tell you this one part here from 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 Cultic Regimes though. Which is uh, oh, listen. I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> listen to me, the Bible it says one God's the Maker of all. If you don't believe that Jesus is God, then my God made yours. That's all. It's almost like <laughs> brainwash the goose, brainwash <laughs> the cat. That's the oh, best. Brainwash my. what moves and gives. If I could brainwash the cult of the truth, millions of lives would live. Brainwash. There is a, there's so, no way the three of us did not specifically hone in on those lyrics. Oh exactly. my God! All of us were like, well, "That's that's unreal." For me, I grew up on a farm, and you can't get a goose to do anything, let alone let alone sit still so that you can brainwash it. So I was when I heard that, like growing up in Kansas, I'm like, well, "How do you brainwash a goose?" And never mind that. The, the gander's even worse. And what is a gander? I, I guess I'd have to Google that. Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah, dude. I mean. That this is a good this is a good one. I, I don't know. Uh, what do you think? Which way are you going to go? Yeah, it, it's it's a tough decision, but just for <laughs> I, you know, I don't know what I don't. I I got to go with uh, I'll go with cultic regimes. Gander's a male goose, by the way. <laughs> oh, it is. I should have known that. I grew up on a farm. Yeah, I didn't you, know that. Your, your mom and dad are not going to be happy. I know. It's just the fact that he used that phrase. He somehow tied that into a yeah. into a hard rock slash metal. Yeah, song. and well, he wow. made sure to include the male and the female geese. Yeah. Was, you know, you don't just brainwash the goose; <laughs> you brainwash the male version of the goose too. Got them both. Um, I uh, like I said, Culture Regimes is a cool song, but Inner War just really hit me, especially as a Christian, and obviously when you're a teenager, because this came out I was still a teenager and. You know, you're trying not to have sex because God doesn't want you to. And you're just like, oh, this is like hard. But I remember this one, the line towards the end. I'm on my knees asking right from wrong. I look to the God who makes me strong. 
I don't live in fear of what I do. And this is my favorite. I got a spirit of fire that knows the rules. And he sings it like he just spits it out. That knows the rules. Knows the rules. And just like, all right. Like he had that power. He was almost like a Hetfield type. He could scream like Bruce, but his lower end ballsy vocal was just as good in a lot of ways. The grit to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I I think he's very underrated as a heavy metal singer. and, And even to me as a singer, he's one of my favorites, but I would never say that. Yeah, it, it's it's not something that you're going to, it's not like the first guy you're going to think of. It'll pop when, in your but, head. But if you you start thinking back, like, wow, this guy and it, has had some influence. And mm-hmm. he's never, to me, he's never had a bad performance, even when he did the Bare Bones album, which I'm not sure if you guys heard, and we listened to the Drive stuff. Uh-huh. The songs might not be our cup of tea, no. but his vocal is always immaculate. Yeah, yeah. He, he still sounds great. Yes, and anytime you see him live, any clips that they have that Elements of Rock from 2012, Hasn't lost a step. No. He still looks great, too. Like yeah. he's, he's just a really... Had he gone into more mainstream rock and roll or had Baron Cross struck it big, <laughs> he'd be a rock star. Yeah. Legit. Yeah. He's got everything. It it definitely looks like he's uh, you know, kind of carving a little path there, doing his thing. But yeah, yeah. He, could, he could have went any number of ways with that voice. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I, But I'll go with Inner War for, for this one. How about you, Richard? Uh, I am definitely going Cultic Regimes. That was... That is my second favorite song on Atomic Arena. All right. And, you know, being a drummer, that's a fast, really fast. It's almost like a sick-of-it-all agnostic front beat. Yep. You know, like a hardcore, 80s hardcore beat. And once again, it comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Because the rest of the record is not like this. Yeah, totally. Like... Yeah, and it's like yeah, it's like an old punk hardcore yeah. song. And yeah. that scream, too. Yeah, and the scream, and then, and then the riff... Because it's just open chords, and then it just goes, bam. That yeah. right hand is working. Ray and, Paris is a good guitar player, too. Yeah. Oh, his you know, solos, great everything solos, is great. solos, great tone, great riffs. So but, that's the thing about Baron Cross. Like I said, you could never pin them down for yeah. musical style. Yeah. yeah. But that, oh, yeah. like, I used to, I'm a drummer, and I was, you know, like 14 years old at the time. So I used to practice to that to song that, all yeah. the time. Oh. So that's one of the songs I credit with teaching me to play fast. Songs play like that, I, Fast as a Shark. Iron Maiden by Iron Maiden, you know, those are the songs that help me learn how to play like that. Can't say I was honing my craft with those lyrics, but uh, <laughs> but still, Culture Regimes, you got me. And I once again, just for people that just know Richard from Howard Stern, very accomplished, amazing drummer. Oh, so thank you. You, 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 got, you got the chops, so the fact you learned from, from Steve Whitaker. Yeah, thank you, and Steve. That's another thing. Like, I have a lot of, um, uh, not influence, but I've got a pretty big net for my not fame because i sound like a dick but the notoriety that i have especially standing up for christian bands Mm -hmm. and i've met almost all of them but i've never been able to track down anybody from bloodgood and i've been trying i've been reaching i i dm michael bloodgood all the time on instagram nothing and baron cross no idea who where where they are i would love to just reach out and say you guys rock yeah you know, yeah and, and, same here and, you know just thank you yeah i, can't I wish find them anywhere. Do, i wish they'd do a reunion tour they're one of the few bands that, that well, as far as i know i think they've done some things in chicago or something but they i did, wish they'd do a they full did an reunion album tour. in 94 and then they did that thing in sweden in yeah. 90, but you know i mean if they did a reunion tour the three of us would be there absolutely, oh, absolutely. i think absolutely. they would probably draw fairly well it's funny because rich ward one of his great stories is he turned down a chance i'm gonna say it's metallica 
Uh, it's not, but it's something like that. He did not go to Metallica because he went and saw Baron Cross, who had the misfortune of coming to town wow. the same night as Metallica did, or Guns oh, N' Roses wow. or somebody. But he chose to go see uh, Baron Cross and got a chance to meet Mike Lee. So wow, that's, that's amazing. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, as we move to the next one, um, it's uh, so when I was talking about uh, Spin 180, the first song I heard from the new Baron Cross was Love at Full Volume. It's a short song, mm-hmm. only two and a half minutes, but it's super heavy. It's a love song, but a very cool one. Yep. She was strange, and so I loved her. Mm-hmm. Red hair, a blaze of fire. Boy, Boy she, she melted, melted all, all my wires. <laughs> she is mine. And once again, we're not reading <laughs> well, anything the, here. I believe I texted that you last did, letter this you morning. You did, you yes. did. And uh, that goes, uh, that's from State of Control, and that goes up against uh, uh, Heaven or Nothing, which is a, a very cool kind of ballad. It's a power ballad. It's a uh, good vocal, uh, good, uh, it's a good riff, it's great, but to me, I love it full volume. One of my favorite Baron Cross songs. S- like Great solo and uh, great drumming, so mm-hmm. I'll go with love it full volume. What do you think, Richard? Uh, I have to go with Heaven or Nothing. Nothing. That's actually my favorite song on Atomic Array. Really? I love that song. It's one of my all-time favorite ballads. And you know what really made me love that song? It's one of the only songs I grew up with where I listened to it in the car with my parents, and my parents said, oh, this is a good yeah, song. Yeah, it's like a mainstream parents, tune. It is. It's mm-hmm. a really catchy mainstream tune. Uh, I love how there's not a lot of songs where the vocals start out exactly at the beginning of the song, and I love, I often heard yeah. about a place so far away. Like I love how it starts with that the piano and the vocals right away, and it's just such a cool ballad. The lyrics are pretty cool. Castle in the sky and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, it's I love like a, that like song. A hymn. You could sing that in church. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, I could hear like a big you know chorus of people uh, in a church singing that song. So yep. I got to go with uh, Heaven or Nothing. All right, Howard. That's the crazy thing is both of those songs are close to close or are favorites of mine on those albums. And it's a real showdown for you. Yeah, Love at Full Volume is just one that. That stuck with me so hard. It catches hard. you right away. Yeah, and it's only it's like two and a half minutes long, but just love it. it it's such a fun song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still think I got to go with Heaven or Nothing. It's just, it's that catchy. Even to this day, it's still that catchy. Yeah, yeah. I, I I honestly think it's one of the best songs that he that he wrote. I think that might be written by the Elefantes for some reason. I wouldn't I think be surprised. It, I think it seems like yeah. to me once again, if there was any justice in the world. That would have been a huge hit. Oh, absolutely. It's a, you know, they never even released it as a single or anything. I have to go back to a classic Mike Lee, too. I recall The Night We Married. This is from Love It For Volume. Moved together, yeah. me you know and what? my lady. I don't think... I'm going to say... I'm going to interrupt you. I don't think... I think it was... Uh, I think it was one of the guys in the band. Okay, well, I, we'll look I, it up. I, I got to look this up. You look it up as I read this, uh, this passage to you. I recall The Night We Married. Moved together, me and my lady. I enjoy her. Lord, I love her. She is mine. I enjoy I, I, of all the things. I, of all the things I think about my wife, uh, I enjoy her is not something that she. I don't think she would be too happy with. You enjoy me? What the hell is that? That is the yeah, unhottest way to dirty. explain yeah. yourself. Uh, I enjoy. Yeah, you. I enjoy her. Lord, I love her. Um, once again, like this is if you are a Baron Cross fan, that was a it's a tough. Uh, tough battle between those two tunes as both Howard and I are trying to figure out who wrote Heaven or Nothing. Um, it's hard to find. Uh, it doesn't say when you go to the album who wrote the tunes. So um, yeah. You know where um, I saw a lot of this? The website Discogs. Like, Discogs, yeah. Uh, which is yep, fun. Elephantes. You're right. 
Yeah, which You're is right. funny. Uncle I had to CJ's go. CJ's got a good memory for that stuff. A, another thing too about um, these two albums, I had to go on Discogs because I had to find out it, the the song order changes. Let's talk about that. Yeah, it, yeah it's the weirdest thing because I always had the cassette of Atomic Arena and State of Control. Right. I never had the CD or vinyl. And the, the on State of Control, I think it's State of Control, like the there's different songs at the end and a different number of songs. Well, there's two extra mm -hmm. songs from this. There's uh, Your Love Gives, which is a very uh, pretty ballad. And then there's yep. Escape in the Night, which is it's a B-side if yeah. you've never heard one. It's a very mid-tempo. Yeah. You know, um, so for me, I had the LP which ends with 2,000 years. Yeah. And then the cassette that I bought later had Escape in the Night as track 11 after 2,000 years. So Your Love Gives, I never had on anything. <laughs> See, that's what I had on the cassette. So that's the one I know. 2,000 so years was not on what? Like the cassette. That's crazy. Yeah, from what yeah. I remember, I don't... I only heard that song like a few years ago for wow. the first time. Yeah, yeah my... My friend Jeremy, he had the disc, so I would get to hear 2,000 Years. I had the tape, so I got to hear uh, Your Love Gives. Wow. Well, yeah. we'll, we'll get to that because there's a song before that. The, there's uh, King of Kings mm -hmm. versus... But that, but the sorry to interrupt, okay. but the reason I mentioned that is because when I found out we were going to do this, I had to go on... And you guys had mentioned 2,000 Years. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I don't know about that. And I had to go on the website Discogs and click on... CD, cassette, and vinyl. Wow. And I had to click on cassette because that's what I had back in the day, and it had the correct song order and the songwriters for a state of control. No on kidding. It. Yeah. I, I wonder if it's different on the vinyl then. Like, well, I think the, the it vinyl, is. The yeah. vinyl ended with 2,000 years. Okay. That's because that's the one that I got. Because once again, like that to me is a, a cornerstone of, of, of Baron Cross's whole. You know, and I'm bummed okay, I didn't gotcha get to now. hear it back right. in the day. And, and, and I. Never heard your love gives until a few years ago, and even when you guys mentioned, I had. To I play think it, yeah, I, I, I remember saying yeah. it was like I've always loved your love, and you're like, what? Where's what? that? And I remember sending the link to it. Yeah, yeah, and I had, had not heard it. <laughs> yeah, which is weird. But once again, you didn't know those B sides, but that never came out in Canada in any way, shape, or form. Wow. So, um, like I said, as we get this, it's King of Kings versus uh, a Bigotry Man in brackets. Who are you? With one of the most. A riff that I would have written. And then you play that along on the drums with the bass. I remember I would tell the drummer, this is what you should play. You know, it's a it's a bigotry man. What? Yeah, not bigotry man. Now he's gone to Jamaica. It yeah. always reminded not his me of, finest uh, hour. It reminded me of Miracle Man by <laughs> uh, Ozzy. Yeah, kind of wow. yeah. Uh, came up at the same time. Uh, yeah, and, and King of Kings, uh, another Steve. That was the Steve Whitaker song on Atomic Arena. Mm -hmm. uh, a little bit stock, and also again had the dun 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 dun, dun, dun beat. Yeah. Um, wow, that's a hard one to 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 to, to pick from. I got to go with King of Kings, I guess, just because it's a little more polished. Uh, uh, good, better chorus and, and bigotry, man. It's just it's one of those weird, awkward Mike Lee lyrics that really makes no sense. So I'm gonna <laughs> go with uh, King of Kings, <laughs> bigotry, man. <laughs> I gotta go with King of Kings too. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, it's uh, King of Kings is a great chorus, and uh, yeah, bigotry, man's just it, the title. Just re it was out. I think it was around the same time as Miracle Man, and yeah, I was yeah. like, 
it just kind of always made me think of Miracle Man, and I, I liked Miracle Man and, better. And back in those days, you would kind of judge a song just by the song title. Yeah. yeah. I, would, I would look at it first because if you bought the LP, I would have to take the bus home, and I would have a whole 45-minute bus ride to read the lyrics if there was any. If there wasn't, just look at the song titles and like, oh, what do I think about this one? Yep. I remember when like, Summer in Time came out, I thought Loneliness of a Long Distance Runner, that's going to be the best song ever. Like, who would write a song called that? Yeah. Right? So Bigotry mm. Man, I was like, once again, like, what the hell is that? Yeah, um, I still remember being at work and listening to the album like on lunch break, uh, listening to State of Control, and trying to like bigotry. (laughs) (laughs) And it was basically, you couldn't do it. You just, just there was just, yeah, it was a B-side. It just was. Uh, The racist rambles on to tell what good he's done. His pride and arrogance has made him smaller, and so the bigot falls, hypocrisies, black walls, cave in on his unworthy head. I wonder if it was about like one of their buddies, and their buddy heard it, and he's like, hey, they wrote that about me. (laughs) I think it's one of those things where Mike was like, what kind of topics can we talk about? We're we're pretty much exhausted out of everything. (laughs) I'm pretty sure he was at the end of the album. Yeah, (laughs) one more lesson to teach. What what wrongs are going on in the world? Bigots? Yeah, how about, you can't call the song Bigot. How about Bigotry Man? Yeah. It's basically yeah. like, this Sunday school rocks. That's heavy, yeah. He must have saw, like, <laughs> I bet he saw, like, David Duke on CNN or something. <laughs> He's like, okay, there's a, <laughs> that's what this song's about. And then we get to the final, and this is going to be a tough one because it's two of my favorite Baron Cross songs, both of them long, both of them proggy, both mm-hmm. of them very Maiden-esque, and both of them just got crazy Mike Lee vocals. And we're talking about Living Dead, uh, versus 2,000 years. And as a Baron Cross fan, the Atomic Arena record obviously came up first, so Living uh, Living Dead at the end of the record just blew me away because it was a long song, and yeah. I was like, holy shit, this is, this is great. Yeah. After all these great songs, this one's even better. It starts right in in your face, just as 2,000 years does. Mm-hmm. It's a hard uh, it's a hard decision. What do you got to think about, Richard? Um, I have to go with Living Dead, and and it's only because it's not yeah. a fault of, uh, of 2,000 years you know, it's, you just didn't it's grow a great up with song, it. but I didn't grow up with yeah, it because I yeah. had the cassette and it wasn't on there. And um, I love, I mean, I'm a big, you know, zombie movie fan. So right? <laughs> even though Living Dead, <laughs> I can't remember if it's even about that. Probably not. <laughs> it's but not. I love the uh, yeah. the title, Living Dead. I was like, oh, that's heavy. So it's I got to go with Living Dead. A heavy song title with a heavy riff uh, overall. Just a, a great killer tune, right? Mm-hmm. You think, Howard? Living Dead, spin the wheel of chance. What did you win? But this is no game show you're starring in. (laughs) (laughs) Life is but a burning blade of grass. You're not on Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> it's There's like you no can literally say Jack or Vanna White. It's here. like you can literally deliver that like John Mulaney stand up, <laughs> <laughs> and it would sound. It's like wow, that's spot on. Uh-huh. But um, for me, I think I heard Two Thousand Years More. It's a toss up because they're both great songs. Yeah, but since I heard uh, I heard Two Thousand Way More, I, I I'm going to go with that one. Two Thousand, yeah, yeah. Uh, I got to go with Two Thousand Years, just because. Uh, this was the last song you heard of Baron Cross. They came back five years later, but this is basically the end of their run. And once again, it ends powerfully. Yeah, it's a perfect tune for them. It's angry and it's talking about Jesus. There's no hidden messages. Oh no, no, not like at all. That. Um, uh, this is the great link. Now I will disclose his name. It's Jesus Christ. Why did he come just to die? And how did he rise? Why is our system of dating based on one man's death 
and the why is the world upside down just because of one man's life? But I love that. Why is the system of dating based on one man's death? And I'm like, what does that even mean? Because he mm. died, I guess. BC and AD. BC, like he was our, born on yeah. Christmas, so there's your system of dating, and there's Easter, and I'm like, I don't know what he was getting at. No. But I love this chorus. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. There's no other name for which I'm saved. I've got the power. It's in my sights. Because with him, I'm not afraid to die. Uh, so I, I got to go with t- 2,000 years. Great tune. Yep. Great lyric. So that's the one I got to go with. Yeah. And I, I always knew uh, Your Love Gives. Uh, to yep. me, that was the, the final song on State of Control. That yeah. was my favorite song on the album. Oh, really? Absolutely. Wow. Oh, wow. Yep. Uh, just it's, a, it's pretty much simple ballad, piano, mic singing. Uh, it just and basically, uh, it's 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 a fantastic love song to a guy. <laughs> I know, and he doesn't reveal that till the very end. When yeah, he mentions the, Jesus. Yeah, just, so so if there's a you know girls, if there's a if there, if you're dating a guy named Jesus or Jesus, you know, <laughs> sing him that song because it's beautiful. Make that your first dance at the wedding. <laughs> I, yeah, it's a great yeah, ballad. I'm it it honestly that, is like. Even, it was only available, I guess, on the cassette yeah, or something. Yeah, I think that was like it. I said, I'd never heard of its existence before. So when you guys even bring it up, that 2,000 years wasn't on yeah. this record. So um, interesting that they chose that, whoever chose that, because I would not want to end a record with that song, mm-hmm. especially when you had 2,000 years in the chamber. Because, that, mm-hmm. like I said, it ends with a big crash and burn and a crazy scream. And if you never heard another Baron Cross song, which we didn't, until Rattle Your Cage came out five years later, yep. you think, okay, that's a good that's a good stamp to this band. But that's I a good wonder ending if, exclamation point. I wonder if two thousand years was just too long. Like if they yeah. maybe fit it, it on the cassette. It's even longer than than Stage of Intensity. Yeah. That's a good point too. Yeah, maybe, maybe the, it was a sixty minute cassette or yeah. something. That's yeah, all they could fit. F- for me, like uh, I kind of thought of like uh, Your Love Gives is just swan song. Because yeah. it was just like they just kind of disappeared, mm-hmm. so that's how I felt about it. And it was, and I also like because it was so different. It's mm. they didn't have, they really were like kind of experimental in what they yeah. did. That's my point. That they had no rules, and I no. really appreciated that because it wasn't like like Striper was Striper. They played either uh, very ballady ballads or very heavy rock. Baron Cross was yep. a lot of stuff, crazy prog and. Mm-hmm. Pop tunes like Hard Lies and Ballads. Almost, hard, and almost hardcore with hardcore cultic, cultic regimes. regimes yeah. you know, and, uh, a very underrated band as, as we wind down here. It's funny because I was supposed to go to New York Comic Con. I just told my ride, to, I'll just meet you there. And she's like, well, where are you going to meet me? I'm like, I don't know. I'm doing a Baron Cross interview. Leave me alone. <laughs> Look for me next <laughs> yeah, to Chewbacca. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think that uh, a, a very underrated band that was probably – uh, it was a detriment that they were Christian. Probably they, they were probably per, uh, persecuted for that. Maybe mm-hmm. not given the chance. But very. The only reason why I love Striper so much more is they were the originators and they've been playing so much longer. But if Baron Cross had ten albums that were as good as these three, yeah. they might be my favorite Christian metal band of all time. Well, yeah. and I think if Baron Cross was a little more subtle with the lyrics, I think they could have gone mainstream. Like, right. Yeah. Striper had a great way of. You know, kind of getting their message out, but not a lot of the songs that became popular were songs that had a very subtle message, you know, yeah. like calling on you. Sure, yeah. sure. You don't know it that that's, that's in your face. And that's immediately the song that I go to. It's just like, yeah, yeah you know what he's talking about, but it's just, it, it's like kind of vague and it's just, it's just an awesome song. Yeah. So yeah. And 
if they'd have shifted that way a little yeah, more, and he wasn't yeah. so heavy-handed with, with like teaching you a lesson, you know, like. Mm, I, but they weren't cool. having it. They they didn't care. They wanted no. to be in your face. Which makes way. them cool. Yeah, yeah. Makes them that's cool, the thing. Yeah. I wore it out. Loved yeah. it. Yeah. You know, if they had gotten a few breaks with bigger bands, if they went on tour with an Iron Maiden or a Priest, or you know, because if you if you're talking, you know, you look into like a U2 record, those political lyrics are very much in your face. For yeah. example, oh, absolutely. Yeah. A lot of big bands, their their in your face was was messages and and Jesus is King. You know, and if you don't mm. join, you're gonna die. You yeah. know, don't wait like a thief in the night. And even Crying Over You, I think, was talking a little bit about some religious lyrics in there from what I recall. Yeah, and then he threw, like, girl in there. Right. But it was, but yeah, it was, yeah, just, yeah it was could, just a, the relationship. You could tell he was talking about a God. Yeah. So break it down. What's, what's, what's the favorite of the two? For me, it, it's, uh, I love so much about both albums, but State of Control. Stay, wow okay richard uh definitely got to be state of control for me as well uh and solely because of the song out of time i just mm. think that's such a strong song such a catchy song that i still listen to when i go running and mm-hmm. it's like you know as much as i love heaven or nothing i don't really listen yeah. to that as much when i run and i i have to go with state of control yeah I'll go with Atomic Arena just as a barstool conversation because I think every song on Atomic Arena is good. I think a State of Control is a little bit patchier, but the better songs are on State of Control for me. 2,000 yeah. Years, Stage of Intensity, mm-hmm. Face in the Dark. But as a whole, I think 1 to 10, that Atomic Arena is a stronger collection of songs overall. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome because you're wrong. <laughs> I mean, I said, yeah, like I agree with you, but I'm like, no, no, state of control. <laughs> Once again, between out of time and your love gives, I, 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 I was won over. Well, once again, this is the beauty. The classic album clash, both albums are a 10. Uh, just what are you feeling mm-hmm. on the day? So, yeah. Uh, the guys, awesome to hang out with you. Uh, yeah. Overall, though, what's your favorite Baron Cross song? Out of time, absolutely. Howard? Your love gives? Love gives? Yeah. Man, uh, what am I going to say? I'll go Stage of Intensity. Wow. There you go. See, that's a good blend. That's a good blend. If you guys are listening, never heard Baron Cross, go check out those three songs. Good starting point. Starting point of what this band was all about. So, guys, always a pleasure to hang out and see you guys face to face. Hell yeah. We always end up making it work. So, next time, what are we next? The Guardian Classic Album Clash? (laughs) You know, that mass. I was. Voices in the Night versus whatever other album they have. Mass Mass is way more obscure. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Actually, me and Jeremy were talking about that. I was like, I could kind of see Guardian being in there. I just don't know how familiar are you with I Guardian. love Guardian. I, I'm very familiar okay. with Okay. I, right. I, I could do that. do that. All right. Well, It'd be well, First we, Watch versus, first yeah. watch versus uh, Fire and Love. Fire and Love. Gotta yeah. be. I think they probably both have 10 songs on it. So, yep. Uh, wow. it, yeah, that, that makes so sense So all of you that are listening, the, the dozen... Uh, that are listening to this, uh, be rare. The next one will be the Guardian class. I'm pretty sure we're just we're just amusing ourselves at this point. Absolutely, we're not even going to release them. We'll just record it and just <laughs> and we'll, amongst each yeah, other. Us three will listen. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much. And uh, I think I'm going to get left behind by my crew. So, uh, uh, whatever. I'll, I'll just go get arrested, like barf the <laughs> barf, barf, barf the face dog. Yeah. Amazing. Thanks, guys. <laughs>